0: But I always say that running is not just about running because crossing that finish line of your first race really changes you. It, you just become a different person in the process. You learn how to set goals. You learn how to keep promises to yourself. Today, I
1: had the honor of interviewing Kim Peek, who is not only a holistic running coach, but also a breast cancer survivor. During this episode, you will hear her creative support for runners, but more prevalently, her resilience, positivity, and desire to support women, regardless of the journey they are on or the challenges that they face. Welcome to Gleanings, where we explore holistic approaches to reaching your true potential mind, body, and soul. Hi, Kim. I'm so glad you could join us today. Thank you. Thank
0: you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: So I'd like for you to tell us about how you decided to become a coach and what type of coach you are.
0: All right. So I am a running coach. And before everybody shuts down their brains and says, oh no, I don't like running, (laughs) I, I hope that they'll listen to the story because I think it has a lot of good life lessons for people about resilience. I was a very tired mom of three young girls, and my friends and I would always work out at the gym in the mornings, and we had a personal trainer who at one point decided that all of her clients needed to have improved cardiovascular endurance. She, we were lifting weights and we all spent about two hours a day at the gym, but we just kind of were sucking wind when it came to trying to run. And so that first time we we did what was called small group personal training. And there were four of us in a group and she would weave people in and out of the groups so that we had overall about 16 to 20 people at any time And so if your kid was sick or you had a doctor's appointment or a hair appointment, somebody else would just sub into the group. So we had this core group of women who were always seeing each other at the gym. Our kids played with each other at the nursery. And it it was just a really fantastic thing. So our coach, our, our trainer decides that we need to start running. And so our gym had a tenth of a mile track around the weight room. And so you'd get, she would do a superset where you'd combine like three exercises and then she'd go, okay, you go run a lap. I could not run a 10th of a mile and I hated it so much that I threatened to quit working out with her. (laughs) And it was horrible. I hated it. I think that would have been me. Yeah. And, and so On the days we didn't train with her, we would do on the gym had like the weight room on one half and the endurance equipment on the other half. And on the days we didn't work out with her, we would all usually do, my friends would do the treadmill and I would do the elliptical next to them, or we would do some sort of a aerobics class down in the basement. So on those days when we were all upstairs, My friends were always running, and they had all run at least 5Ks in the past. And they're like, come on, Kim, you can do this. Come on. No, no, I hate running. And so just finally one day, something clicked. And I said, you know, I spend a good chunk of my time with these people all week long. We all eat together. We, you know, hang out with our kids together. We work out together. And I used to call them my hot mama friends. I just thought that they all looked fantastic the way I wanted to look at the time. And I still was carrying a little bit of extra weight from when I had my kids. And so that was my primary motivation. And I will say that although weight loss was my primary motivation, it didn't remain my motivation because there's, running just affects so many different parts of your life. And so we um, we, we would... I would walk on the treadmill or on the elliptical next to them. And finally, one day they said, come on, you're going to run. And so they would push me just a little bit more and a little bit more. You know, maybe it was only run 30 seconds longer than you did yesterday. But over a course of several weeks, my endurance built up. And I can still remember the day when I ran a whole mile for the first time. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I finally did it. And then my friend says, let's run a 5K. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's run a 5k. And she kind of basically had to drag me through the first race. And at the end, it was kind of funny because I had lost so much weight in that three month period that the day of the race, it was cold and I didn't have any of the running gear I have right now. So I just grabbed a pair of sweatpants out of my closet, not even realizing that they were way too big. And so we're finishing the race and I'm running with my hands cinched up like this, holding my pants up to cross the finish line. But, um, I crossed that finish line and it was just like one of the most amazing experiences. I don't know. It just kind of hit me that it was a major accomplishment. And I did this thing that I thought was hard that I almost quit working out with my trainer for doing. (laughs) And I was hooked. And then I just started doing all kinds of races eventually became what i call a um overzealous and overinjured runner oh no cuz i did the too much too soon and then from there got into coaching because i was trying to figure out what it was that i was doing to myself that was hurting me that i was constantly injured hmm. and so i went to my first coaching clinic basically just looking for answers to my own questions and I got there, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, this is life changing. Why isn't somebody teaching everybody this stuff?" And so then I was like, "Well, it has to be me. I have to start teaching people this stuff." So that's kind of how I got into coaching, and and I just feel like just the wh- whole process of all of it has just been really, really life changing for me. It's brought so many different people into my lives. It's taught to into my life. It's taught me so much about motivation and habit creation and. I, I just really love running and getting people into running because of all the ways it not just changes your body, but your the way you think and the way you think about life.
1: So are there specific areas that you focus on with coaching? The just the running, or is there health
0: aspects or the mindset, or do you blend it all together? So one thing that I feel like sets me apart is that I like to work with people more one-on-one. And usually I worked with, work with people in their 40s or above who are wanting to run a first half marathon or a first 5K, or they've been running a while and they wanna qualify for the Boston Marathon, which you have to qualify for. And so I'm usually working with um, middle-aged women who want a new challenge. And what I find when working with that group is that there are a lot of challenges just in our lives at that age, whether it's work and family and um, maybe aging parents and all of the things that come at you, that there's just a lot of things that you have to get past so that you can spend that time focusing on yourself. And, And I think a lot of women feel guilty spending that time work focusing on themselves because they f- they feel like they're torn in so many directions. So that is one of the mindset things that we have to deal with right away is that you deserve to spend this time exercising, running for your health, but also for your mental health because it can be a great form of socializing. Maybe that's your only time when you know for your Saturday long run you're going to be able to get out with your girlfriends and have some time to just talk through your problems or catch up. Or maybe it's your only time when you are just alone with your own thoughts. And that's why I used to run with people and that's what used to give me a lot of satisfaction. But now what I really like is just to go out and run by myself, run my own pace, listen to a podcast, walk if I feel like it and just kind of do it my own way. So those are some of the things we work on. But I always say that running is not just about running because crossing that finish line of your first race really changes you it you just become a different person in the process you learn how to set goals you learn how to keep promises to yourself and so i like to really focus on who what is leading up to that race not necessarily the race and how fast you ran but all of the mindset things that go through your mind and the lessons that you have to learn leading up to that race because a race is just a fleeting moment in time but you've spent months and months leading up to that and then the other thing i think that sets me apart is that i include a journaling component which is just really important to me
1: oh that's interesting can you tell me more about that
0: yeah so I ask all of my clients to keep a journal, and I think that it's helpful because we're not just tracking your typical sports log of what I ate and how far I ran and how fast I ran and you know maybe how hot it was outside or all of those things, because those are great pieces of information to have, but if you wanna remain consistent, you also know, need to think about, well, how was I feeling about running today? You know, was I was I excited to go run? Was I feeling burned out? Because you know, if you start to feel burnt out day after day after day, then either your goals have changed or your priorities have changed, and we need to talk about that so that because life is too short to spend a lot of time training if you are not getting enjoyment out of the training, and and maybe you don't enjoy the training, but if you're not finding value out of a lesson you learned or something through the training, there has to be some piece there that is enjoyable or valuable to you. And so, those are some of the things that we start out tracking is just, you know, what are you thinking about? And then um, there's always, always a piece related to the mindset, too, where, you know, maybe it's a new runner and they feel self conscious when they run outside because they think people are laughing at them because they're so slow. Or maybe it's a newer runner who's doing their first race and they're doing walk-run intervals and they're self-conscious because anytime somebody sees them walking, they get some kind of a compliment like, hey, way to go, good job. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, they're telling themselves a whole different story about what, hey, good job means. And you know, if if they mm-hmm. so, so the journal allows you to track those thoughts so that either you yourself or your coach can deconstruct, help you deconstruct those things and say, yeah, well, I see that you were upset because somebody said, hey, good job. You know, why don't you think that was a compliment? Why do you think that they meant anything but what it said at face value? And so so just all kinds of things like that, I have them write down. So I love using a running journal because it is like a highlight reel. During race week, runners get all stressed out. They worry about, did I train enough? Did I do this enough? Did I do that enough? And it's just so tempting to go out and overdo things instead of resting when they should be resting. So what I like to do is have them use it as a highlight reel. What I have them do throughout the course of training is to go in and write themselves notes, what they did well, what they're proud of just little notes to themselves. Hey, you know, it was a rough day. You ran through 10 inches of snow today, but you are going to be so tough when you get to Boston, you know, notes like that. And then that week leading up, they're going through their journal, they're reading their notes, they left to themselves. And they're seeing that, you know what, I really did have a great time training. Training was worth the effort I put in. And look at all of these little things I accomplished or look at how much more I believed in myself throughout the process or look how much more confident I became because that confidence carries over not just to running, but to all parts of your life. And so that way, when we cross the finish line on race day, it's more, it's about more than How fast did I run or did I get that personal record or it's more about that it's about what did I accomplish in the last several months at leading up to that. So we can be proud about our outcome, but we should also be proud of every piece of the process and all that we learned throughout that. And so that's why I like using a running journal I think that it's really valuable just to highlight every way that you developed and changed and grew throughout the process.
1: I really liked that. And I kind of wish that I had used that type of process. So I kind of had some parallels that I had gained a lot of weight, you know, through pregnancies, four children hadn't lost it. And then I decided at some point that, you know, like I kind of lost myself. And so I joined, um, kickboxing and Taekwondo And I can remember, like you were saying, like some days you're just kind of not into it, right? And there's so much else going on I should just not even go. And I kind of wish I had used something like that because then not only all those beautiful aspects you just talked about, but also just even within one session, like the difference between when I went into the, you know, the the night um, class and then when I left, like how I felt more, you know, encouraged and full of life and more proud of myself and my so the journaling is an amazing aspect. And then I love that how um, it's not just about that one day, that one race, it is all of that that you built up to and everything you put into it over that time. That's so much, it's just a much more healthy uh, perspective, for sure.
0: I think it is. And, you know, as a coach, you can never make somebody do something or adopt a new habit, like keeping a training journal if they don't want to. (laughs) But I also talk about that a lot just for people who know they need to start exercising and don't want to exercise because it's the same, like you said, with exercise, those habits are hard to create. And so you have to be able to associate you know, even if it's, I'm going to go for a 30 minute walk each day, or I'm going to do 10 minutes of squats and core work and push ups and whatever, you have to be able to associate that with something positive, whether it was, you know, I just didn't have any energy sitting at my work at my desk all day working, but I got up and I took the dogs for a walk for 30 minutes. And boy, am I glad I did that because now I went outside in the sunshine. I feel happy. I have more energy. And now when I sit back down at my desk, I can focus better. Yeah. And I just think that's an important part of it. You have to be able to tie the behavior to something positive. And that is just, I think, a solid foundation for the beginnings of any new habit you want to create. I totally agree. So what do you feel is the most challenging aspect of
1: being a running coach and Has 2020 put any kind of new spin on that for you?
0: It has. So, one of the most challenging aspects of being a running coach is just getting people to open up to you and share these things because I don't think we are brought up to think that, oh, my running coach is going to talk to me about life. You know, it's all about. I'm hardcore, I'm going to cross that finish line and, you know, hit this goal. And so I don't think that, you know, just trying to get people to open up or they're, they're not sure about how much do I share or where's that line between saying, you know, I'm just not feeling it today and having my coach think, gosh, that person whines, you know, I just think, again, all the stories in your own head that you're telling yourself that have no basis in truth is just a story you're telling. So basically just getting people to open up. But the way 2020 changed things was that I was really used to working with people who focus on races. The, the race was the goal. And all of these great transformational things happen leading up to the race. Right. But I was focused on people who want to have a race and we want to follow a 16-week training plan to get from point A to point B. We haven't had races since <laughs> March. There's a few places in the country that are doing a little bit more racing, but we haven't had races. And so it was kind of like, well, what is my change in focus that I'm going to have? And I really actually love this change in focus, which was just talking more about running for fun and fitness and enjoyment. And I am all geared up to get people on board for once we do have racing again, let's just go run for fun. And you know, do a Disney marathon or something in Napa and go to wine country and run. But why don't we just start doing more of these social runs again, make it more about the experience and the travel and hanging out with our girlfriends and just going and having a good time. But even if travel isn't your thing, just getting back to that as women, like I said, at the beginning, we tend to put ourselves last. So just getting back to that thing where this is something I'm doing for me and it's going to be fun and I'm just going to rediscover what it was like to get outside and play and let's go run and be playful. So that's kind of been how my running coaching has morphed throughout this year, but I really like the place that it's ended up.
1: Hmm. Excellent.
0: So I read that you have a book. Do you want to tell us about your book? Sure. It's called Holistic Endurance Training, the Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. And it basically is just about taking a holistic approach to your running and to life so that you can have longevity in your sport. And it came out the week after we all started on lockdown. So the third week of March is when it came out nobody's thinking about running I had all these (laughs) great plans for my book launch and then I basically had to sit on a zoom call with friends and do a virtual let's have a zoom call book launch because I'm excited about my book so
1: so many people getting in that same situation but then it does provide all that reading time
0: (laughs) true but so I feel like The book kind of got lost in the pandemic, but then when I go back and I really think about what the book is about, it's all about being kind to yourself, taking time to listen to your body when you're training, or even if you are somebody who is chained to a desk all day at work, just really paying attention to, you know how am I feeling sitting here in this chair? Is my back hurt? Is my brain foggy? Maybe I should get up and walk. And so the book goes beyond really training. I teach you how to take a very sensible approach to running so that you can avoid all the mistakes I made as a new runner and not get injured. But but the premise is that we're going to eat food, food that is good for us, food that nourishes our body. We're going to move daily. We're going to get enough sleep so our body recovers. And- Have rest and recovery days, do things like walking and yoga or meditation or just going and sitting by the lake, but things that rejuvenate us. And those are really the keys when I coach somebody to helping them be a well-rounded runner and somebody who's going to be able to run for years and years without getting hurt. But they're also just the keys to living a healthy life. So that's what the book is about. And then we put a lot of emphasis on the journaling component and really taking time to listen to your body and just listen to the messages. That's why it's um, holistic endurance training. But we teach in the book what's called responsive endurance training, which is just listening to your body and changing your training plans based on the messages that your body is sending. So if, you know, again, lots of runners can be type A, they think that, If some is good, more is better, but more is not always better. And so you need to learn the difference between, oh, I feel a little achy and, oh, you know, I feel a little achy and it's a day that I need to take off. There's, Mm -hmm. there's, your body is telling you two different things with those things, but it takes time to learn the difference between, oh, I'm slacking and, oh, my body really needs a day off because if I keep pushing, I'm going to get hurt.
1: I can see how that could be a challenge of knowing where that fine line is of pushing yourself Mm to stay, like if you're feeling a little unmotivated versus you really need to take a break. Yeah. So 2020 was quite the challenge, but I hear that you also had a bigger challenge than that in the prior years.
0: Yeah. So I was in the best shape of my life when I found out that I had breast cancer. And so I am, as of last August, five years cancer-free. Congratulations. Thank you. But I found my breast cancer, I think also because I was in such amazing shape. I had set a goal that I was going to qualify for USA Triathlon Nationals that year and I had been training so hard, and I was doing really well, and I basically went to go take a shower one night, and the light hit me just right, and I saw my reflection in the mirror, and I saw this little teeny-weeny microscopic, practically, dimple on my breast, and it just, you know, I'm old enough that could have looked to me like, oh, that's just some cellulite, but something told me that was not supposed to be there. And so I made an appointment with my doctor and they at first gave me that, oh, it's probably gonna be okay. We don't think it's anything, but let's go get it checked out. And then from there, everything went downhill pretty darn fast, but my optimism (laughs) kept me from accepting what they were saying from, so I get to the mammogram and then they do a sonogram and they did one of the 3D images. And the radiologist pulled me aside. He, they didn't do the awkward thing where they send you home or any of this hush. He just the burst right into the room. I can't tell you any
1: information.
0: You yeah, he just call. burst right into the room. He goes, so, hey, you have breast cancer. And I'm like, what? How, how can you even be that certain about this? And I still kept on saying, well, they went by myself because I didn't think I had breast cancer. So I went by oh, myself. You know,
1: you've, you've lost a bunch of weight. It could have been anything. little exactly. wrinkle.
0: Exactly. So I, I sit in the car and cry and then I go home and they refer us to a breast surgeon and she basically comes in. So what kind of plans do you have this fall? You're going to have to cancel all your, all your plans. You have breast cancer. And again, in my mind, I'm like, it is not cancer until you see it on the biopsy. I don't have cancer. <laughs> so we finally do the biopsy and they take me into this room that I felt like looked like one of those war rooms on TV, like when they're all the planning room. And there's all these images of my insides up on the walls. And, and the radiologist immediately tells me I'm, I have cancer. And I'm like, okay, I guess I really, we, we have to believe it now. And so I ended up doing a first able to continue racing throughout the summer while we Figured out what the plan was. And so I did enough races that I did qualify for triathlon nationals that summer wow. while I was waiting to find out what my treatment plan was. That's amazing. Were you coaching at this point? I was, yeah. I had some clients I was coaching at the time. And so then I also, um, then in so that was in May, in August, right after school started, I had a bilateral mastectomy. Okay, Kim, that's all, this is all you're going to have to have. Then the biopsy and all the stuff they came do on that came back. And it turned out that it was some sort of um, a slow growing cancer, but it was an aggressive kind of cancer. And so that meant I I needed to have chemo, which was not anywhere in the plan. They had told me I wasn't going to have to do that. So then I had to do chemo. And while I was doing chemo, I decided because I had been training, I was already in amazing shape. So This story is no reflection on anybody else but me. Nobody else should do this unless it's something they want to do. But I decided that I was going to run a 5k for every round of chemo that I did. And some of those were official races. And then I would carry a water belt because I didn't want to worry about contaminated water or anything. And then some of those were, hey, I think one of them was maybe a informal race where I just went and ran a 5k with a friend. But throughout
1: the whole process, That's intensive I had friends. Right. That's pretty intensive goals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and so then I had friends who would run with me um, when my husband, when things, and I will say too that I didn't feel great every day. So running is relative. It, some days I walked, some days I ran. It was always again just like what I talk about in my book, based on how I felt on that day, and just being kind to yourself and giving your permission yourself permission to say you know, today's a rest day, or today I can only run for 30 seconds, and then I'm going to walk for three minutes, or just, you know, whatever my body said that day is what we did, but my husband would have my daughter go ride her bike with me, or my neighbor would runs, and he would go run with me on some of those days when I wasn't, when I wanted to get out, but people are like, "Ah, I'm not sure you should go out by yourself, and so then throughout that whole thing, I knew that I wanted to run a half marathon to celebrate the last chemo session. And so the week after I finished my last session, I had a couple of friends come into Kansas City and we picked out a race and we all ran this race together. And I set my watch to intervals and just the whole group ran when I said run and walked when I said walk. And I still finished in a time not too far off from what I typically would have run it in. It wasn't a record for me, but it was, it felt like a major accomplishment just saying, okay, this is the end and this is how I'm celebrating.
1: Wow. That's really touching.
0: So it gave me, it gave me something to focus on besides, oh, I feel so horrible.
1: Right.
0: And, and again, I, everybody is different. Everybody's body responds differently to chemo. And so maybe you really truly do feel terrible, but it gave me something different to focus on. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that I did throughout that whole thing, because I was used to being so active, this is just one of my little tips I like to share with people who maybe might know somebody going through chemo. Chemo makes your body hurt. It makes it hard to walk. It makes your bones hurt. And so I had this little eight minute video that I would do. It was a yoga video. And sometimes I would do it three, four or five times a day, just so I could walk from my kitchen to my living room walk across the room, but it made me feel better. And so within the parameters of what your doctor sets for you, you should always make sure that you're not afraid to move.
1: It almost sounds like a mind over matter type of approach.
0: I think it kind of is. It is, except for that I I really did listen to what my body was saying but I knew that on the days that I exercised that I felt better throughout the whole day. Did you incorporate journaling into your experience? I didn't. I was not into the journaling the way I am five years ago. But I had a friend who told me that I should take a picture every single day of something good that happened. And I think it kind of, follows the same premise of what I like about journaling. And that is, I thought it was the most ridiculous advice somebody had ever given me. And then I had to look for something good every day. And I might not have even realized it as it was happening. But now every time those pictures show up in my camera roll on my phone or show up as a memory on Facebook, I think I am so glad this person told me to take these pictures because there really was even in what I still feel was one of the darkest times of my life, there really was something good every single day that happened. Something to be thankful for, somebody who dropped off a meal, somebody, you know, a phone call or a note or just something kind that somebody did.
1: Do you have any mantras or affirmations that you cling to
0: or did cling to throughout that time frame? I cannot really think think of one, I just, I am just always such a positive person. So it probably varied every single day, but my family is so important to me. My kids, my husband, my friends, just the people who surrounded me made it so much easier. And so I think that's just a theme of my life. I'm very, very optimistic. And the people that are in my circle are really important to me. And so probably more than more than a mantra, it was just being thankful and grateful for everything in my life. But also, I think another thing that goes through my mind when it came to that and when it comes to running is just the whole thought of I believe I believed everything was going to be okay. I believed that I was surrounded by people who were going to take care of me and I knew that the outcome was going to be good. So just belief, I suppose. I think
1: that that's a, certainly an important one, even mm-hmm. if it's not a certain specific phrase, um, I believe definitely is important. So where could we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we get your book?
0: My book is available pretty much anywhere that you buy books. I think it's on Barnes and Noble and the Amazon it's called holistic endurance training. My website is crushingmygoals.com. And then on social media, I am power of run on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Excellent.
1: I'll include all of those links in the show notes so that our followers can definitely check
0: out more of your story. Oh, and I would love it. I also have a podcast. I would love it if people would look for my podcast. It's called power up your performance. And it's just all about learning how to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today. You're definitely an inspiration to women everywhere who may be going through all sorts of challenges.
0: Well, thank you. It was so fun to talk to you. I always love telling all of my running stories and hope, hope that people find it empowering, I guess, when they hear of the breast cancer story. And hopefully it helps people know that they too can see their way through to challenge the other side of challenges.